Good morning, everyone. Uh, the month of May has been particularly engaging uh, for me from the perspective that our sermons and our messages have all been towards the theme of missions. We started off the month with Sam Chase, and so he spoke about the importance of welcoming the other, and in particular, specifically, um, to newcomers of Canada. He asked us a very critical question that I'd like to explore even more uh, today, and I, I'm going to repeat the question. So his question was, are we citizens of Canada who happen to be Christian, or are we citizens of the kingdom of God who seek to bless the nations who happen to live in Canada? And then we heard from Pastor Steve, uh, who spoke from the book of Luke and asked us another really interesting question. He asked, what if we looked at where we were sent from instead of where we were sent to? He challenged us, challenged us uh, to think about following orders. He told us that in the army that there was the commander's intent and the end state. And what happened in between, well, that was kind of up to the soldiers to figure out. And then from there, we moved on uh, to our guest speaker, uh, Theo Nico Del Mondo and his uh, mother, Nanita. Uh, and we heard about God's story. Uh, we heard about the story of Esther and God's working uh, in her life. Although uh, in our Zoom time, uh, we, le we learned actually that God's name isn't ever even mentioned in uh in Esther's story, and yet we see God's hand uh, working in her story. And so it's really very interesting because Esther uh, was empowering and she stood up for her people um, and she took risks to set them free. She loved people. And last week we heard about the ascension of Jesus and this isn't the time when Jesus gets to take some time off. No, this is the time where Jesus is working through the, Holy, through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is when the action starts. It won't surprise you that I'm speaking about missions. By now, you know that I have a huge heart for people. I'm passionate about sharing life with people around me, that I'm passionate about the good news of Jesus. And I find this story of Pentecost today on Pentecost Sunday pretty exciting, and it really wasn't planned. Uh, in fact, I sometimes shy away from speaking about the Holy Spirit because, let's face it, it can be sort of weird, you know, because we don't know really how to explain it. It's something that is beyond us, and even sometimes beyond our imagination, and yet here we are, our lives bearing witness to the work of the Holy Spirit. It really is a conundrum. So what is the connection between Pentecost and missions? Everything. It's everything. That is the connection. 
I was taking a course this spring uh, before I decided to take a break because let's face it, uh, COVID-19 is having an impact on all of us. And in order for me to be gentle with myself, it meant that I needed to drop a course. Um, it was the best and wisest decision, but I'm also upset about it because I love the content of this course. The course that I was taking uh, was on missional theology, and my professor, Steve Studebaker, had us read some books on it, and he discussed uh, really in greatly um, in the few lectures that I did take, and I'll be honest and say a lot of what he presented to us was something that I'd never heard, um, and it excited me to no end. To look at the biblical themes and narratives of, of the Bible as something of this creative, redemptive um, story arc, that there is this constant working of the triune God to create and redeem creation, all of creation, not just humanity, but the whole sum of creation holistically, that we are citizens of the kingdom of God who are sojourners in this time and place in history, actively participating in the creative redemptive work of the triune God. Missional theology isn't about the programs we offer as a church. It's about our everyday lives. God the parent sends Jesus the Son who sends the Holy Spirit and together they enable us to live our lives to the fullest and into that creation redemption story that continues through all of history and forward to the time of the New Jerusalem. Missions for me has always had the ring of what we now know of as colonialism. We've seen evidence of this truth uh, throughout history of Christians going over there to share the good news. And unfortunately, we didn't stop there. We inflicted our cultural uh, expectations on this new people group as well. I don't believe that this was done with malice or with ill intent. Um, but historically, and still today, it is something that we need to be aware of especially when we start to talk about missions and what uh, it means to be the church and sharing Jesus with our friends and with our neighbors. When we talk about evangelism, let's look at how we engage with one another um, and how we are communicating with other cultures. It's important for us to know how to engage and be respectful of each other's cultures. Um, because it can be a very beautiful gift for us to listen to their experiences and to know their perspectives because God didn't just come to them when we arrived. God was already working in their lives. And so we need to have that openness because people from other cultures have a gift to give us uh, in understanding even more of the nature of who God is. I am becoming increasingly aware 
of the damage that we, and I mean the royal we, um, as Christians have caused under this guise of missions. This might be, and likely is, very uncomfortable for you to hear me say this. And it is super uncomfortable for me to actually be saying this. Um, And you might even think, Amanda, don't put me in that box. I don't belong in that box. I haven't done anything wrong. Um, But as Christians, we are part of a legacy. And some of that legacy, the truth is that we've done lasting harm. And we need to bear witness to that harm and to hold the tension that we are both sinner and saint. At the same time, we're both. And that is tension and that is horrible sometimes to understand. And we can only learn to do better. We can only grow if we are willing to confront and name the sins that we have borne witness to or have reaped the benefits from. This is true of us uh, when we think of our Indigenous communities. It's true when we think of the pastors and priests who have used their power and authority to abuse and harm um, women and other people through various forms of abuse. And then to have the church kind of protect uh, the powerful instead of standing alongside the victim. We see systemic racism and fail to stand up for our friends and neighbors who bear the untenable truth that it will be more difficult for them in life based solely on the color of their skin or their geography. And this is just not okay. We disregard creation and we fail to cultivate the earth. Or we mock those who choose to protest over climate change. Why do we need to worry about climate change when God will renew it? Or for some people, they believe that God will completely destroy this earth and just create something new. But as Christians, we've been invited to something deeper and more meaningful. We've been invited into this creation redemption story to participate through the power of the Holy Spirit, to set captives free, to care for our earth, and to see humanity and creation flourish and thrive. That is the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit. When thinking about sharing the good news, many people equate that with invite them to church so they can come to church and be Christians. But what happens if the church is a very highly triggering place for them? What happens if they've been abused spiritually or physically by someone in authority and a place of worship? Church, my friends, is not the good news. Not for that person, not for that moment. But Jesus, Jesus is always, always, always the good news. Redemption is the good news, and Jesus can offer hope. Please don't misunderstand me. Church is vital 
and important. Please don't get me wrong, but let's not confuse our worship services with church. If we've learned anything from 2020 through this pandemic known as COVID-19, it's that the church is not a building. The church is not a building, friends. The church is a family. The church is the emotional connection that we all have to one another. The church is the working body of Jesus Christ. The church doesn't have borders or walls. We can move anywhere. The disciples were sent from the upper room when the Holy Spirit came. The people heard the good news of Jesus in every tongue. There was this beautiful, chaotic diversity that shows us that the kingdom of God is full of diversity. They were sent out to proclaim the good news of Jesus, inviting them to become part of this amazing story of creation redemption for the flourishing of all people. But we need to guard ourselves from legalistic or over-literal interpretations of scriptures that have been used to oppress and harm people, to assimilate cultures into something that is not what was intended, that we all share the same experience. No, there is such beauty and diversity, and we can know God all the more when we learn from other cultures and their experience of God. I'm going to ask this question again. Do we really believe that God wasn't working in their lives before we showed up? God is there and God is working. I absolutely loved when Sam Chase asked us to consider whether we were Canadians who happened to be Christians or are we citizens of the kingdom of God who happened to be Canadian. God's purpose in this world is to bring about his kingdom. Through this story of creation redemption, we see over and over throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the work of God never ceases to be about the Missio Dei, the sending nature of God. We're not sent as the people of God to just invite someone to come for two hours on a Sunday morning to 57 Queen Street in St. Catharines, Ontario. We are inviting them into something much, much bigger. We are inviting them to join the family with all its nuances and jaggedy edges and all of its diversity and beauty. Pentecost shows us that the Holy Spirit has come into the world, that when the Holy Spirit came, the people, all God's people, were sent people. Jesus showed us the way to be the church without borders. His message was always culturally relevant and sensible. So to the context, so the context that we need to find ourselves in this location in St. Catharines downtown, we need to know and understand our context. We are capable of doing this by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can share the good news of the gospel and set people free. But we need to ask ourselves, what does it mean for us to be citizens of the kingdom of God and sojourners here and now in this place? How can we care for the city of St. Catharines in a way that honors God, in a way that embodies the good news of Jesus Christ that is relevant and sensible for our context? 
this isn't an easy question to answer. There is a lot of theological reflection that is needed as we look at how Queen Street Baptist Church can be relevant in our particular culture. How are we going to embody our beliefs? How does this look in the face of COVID-19 when the world is free-falling into a panic? Well, here are some things to think about. We do what we can, when we can. It means being wise about how we support our neighborhood. Like our two-ton challenge for the food bank, it means being wise about what chemicals we use to clean our building and the items we use at our meals and whether they are environmentally friendly. It means keeping our building well-kept, free from debris, and in good working order so that we aren't creating more um, um, so we aren't creating more uh, destruction. But what about us personally? Because being the church is more than just 57 Queen Street. It's more than just the building. I've said we spend about two hours on a Sunday morning here. So the rest of our lives are lived outside of the boundaries of this church. So let's look at how we treat our coworkers, our children, our spouses, our neighbors? Is the way we interact with them a means of grace? Does it promote or show, or show evidence of God's creative, redemptive work? Or are we treating them poorly, dismissing them? Do we treat people who serve us coffee and our meals when we're actually able to be in restaurants? Uh, do we treat them well? Do we provide generous tips? And I don't mean leaving a track or a note about Jesus. I mean, do we thank them and offer them meaningful monetary tips? Some service people that I know who work in the restaurant industry will tell you that their least favorite day to work is a Sunday afternoon because Christians don't tip well. This is not rocket science. This is a testimony of who we are and who God is in the way that we treat people. A little story. This week, Emma and I were sitting on our front porch, and we live in a complex, a townhouse complex, condo complex. And the parking enforcement car had come through a couple of times, and he drove by twice. Uh, once while just Emma was out, and then again when we were both out. Each time, Emma smiled, and I smiled and waved when I was out, and he turned his car around. And Emma and I kind of looked at each other like, what's happening? You know, our car's in the driveway. There's nothing happening. I'm not sure why he's stopping outside of our house. Uh, but he just came to say thank you. Uh, because in his line of work, uh, people will often look at him with suspicion. And we smiled. Something as simple as a smile. It cost us nothing. In fact, I don't even know that either one of us really even realized that we had done it. But it was a kindness and a grace for him enough that he would turn his car around to say thank you. 
That is the creative, redemptive work of Jesus. That is showing the kingdom of God. I'm not going to name names in this, uh, but I am going to share some stories of people who are a part of this church, who are doing amazing things in the community, who are sharing the love of Jesus. We have people from this church who volunteer their time uh, for Meals on Wheels, for community care. Uh, We have people who are in helping professions, whether they are doctors, public health nurses, nurses, personal care support workers. Uh, They are helping people flourish. I know someone who regularly drops off baked goods to people and brings them meals and I was especially touched at one point where this person dropped off cookies to the bank just off the street from here after they had been robbed, uh, just to say, we're thinking of you. There are so many amazing examples of people from our church who are already living this creative, redemptive story of Jesus. They are embodying it and living it out. There are others who are learning about people from other cultures, specifically about indigenous cultures. There are others who are advocates for creation care and caring for the earth or caring for people who have disabilities and making sure that those people feel loved for exactly who they are and not seen as a burden or as something that needs to be fixed, but that they in and of themselves are beautiful and whole just the way that God created them. So what? What does this all mean for us? Pentecost is our sending event. It is the moment in time when we are called to go and make disciples. We are to share the love of God with others, setting them free. God is a God of grace and not condemnation. The overarching story is that of creation redemption. We are a church without borders, the body of Christ, all called to be ministers of grace, to share the love of God with those around us, not to inflict our culture on others, not to tell people how they should behave, but to introduce them to God. God has been at work through all of creation, through all of time. God knows about each and every person with whom you are sharing the good news. God loves them already. May we see them with God's eyes and learn to see God from their eyes too. I am going to end this talk um, with a prayer uh, that was written by Cheryl Bear, who is the Indigenous Relations Specialist with CBM. Um, And this prayer was one that she offered um, through the COVID-19. And as I spoke about how we get to see God through the eyes of another and through another culture, because Cheryl there is from the First Nations um, culture, uh, this opens up my imagination and my heart to examine how I see God. And it also expands my imagination to see how Cheryl uh, experiences and knows God. So let's pray together. Grandfather, 
Thank you for your great love for us. Living Word, let us remember and meditate on your faithful promises. Father of lights, you will see us through this time of darkness. Bread of life and living water, we are grateful we have enough food and water to sustain us. Please help us to see and help those who are hungry and need clean water. Man of sorrows, thank you that you walk with us through every valley. Bright and morning star, be our hope to see us through these uncertain days. Amen.